Welcome to Navigating Change, everybody, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, that handsome devil's Howard Tybal. And that handsome devil is Pete Wright. You're never going to do it. We were just together. We were just together. People don't really. We were in Seattle together just two days ago. That was a mean salmon burger. That was a mean salmon burger. I was thinking the same thing. Oh. It was. It was. It was great to be face to face. It sure was, as it always is. And uh, you know, we get to talking about lots of good things. And in this case, uh, you bring up that you're do it because of your giant, swollen, no, don't, don't warm stop. heart. You I'll are. Stop. No, please. It's not a small and warm Just heart. Take it. Just this is take a. It. This is. Uh, this is an exciting. Uh, Thing that I'll be working with the uh, the new the New Hampton Library in New Hampton, New Hampshire. We'll be working with them on uh, l- their board at looking at how they're going to frame a new strategic plan, uh, uh, sort of a forward-looking vision and mission uh, as a way to mobilize the community uh, to to move this library in a new and exciting direction. Well, I, I think it's fantastic, and this is what we've been talking about. Like this, As you bring this up over dinner, we're talking about the value of mission and vision, and we've talked a little bit, uh, I, I think, in the past over the years of our work together about uh, you know, the, the importance of having a, a mission, vision, and, and the connectivity between those elements and the strategic plan. Uh, right. But we've never really done a podcast about it specifically, and so we thought this would be a great opportunity to have a conversation about why is this stuff important? Yeah. And what's so great about I love your question because in many places it's not important because they're not really interested in a new direction. You know, it's very interesting is I cannot tell you the number of times I'll step into an institution and I'll say, So do you have a mission statement? And it's the whole spectrum. There's some groups that are like, you know what, we did a mission statement three years ago. It's in some drawer over there. And it's really not important. And you know, if we're gonna do it, if my people wanna do it, we'll do it. Other times it's like, you know what, it's time to upgrade it. It's time to make it relevant and new. Often it comes with a person who is trying to steer the group in a new direction. Uh, and the the interrelationship between mission, vision, core values as it relates to the strategic plan is so important. Uh, and it's organic. It's there, there is no one size fits all. You know, people are often asking me, do we start with the vision? Do we start with the mission? And the answer is it depends, right? If you have a clear vision, if it's already been articulated, then the goal there is to focus on what's your mission. So I think we should start, Pete, by talking about what is the difference yes. you know, b- between these two things, right? So And, and uh, specifically, do you need them both? I would ask. You know, well, let's see, that's interesting because I have a group that did a mission statement and they were not at all interested in a vision statement. And you know what? They were not any worse for it that they didn't step back and spend a couple of hours creating their new vision. Fundamentally, your mission statement is your purpose for being or why you exist. If you read a good mission statement, you understand what the focus of that organization or institution is about. And a good mission statement has a couple of qualities that most of them are missing. It is memorable. And memorable means fundamentally short and sweet, right? I can't, you know, if you go on to institution mission statements, college university mission statements. The reason they're four or five pages long 
is because everybody wants to get their two cents in. And instead of having to say, you know what, can we boil this thing down to something coherent that is memorable? Instead, we, we settle with uh, a document that everybody sees a piece of themselves in it, but the problem with it is it is not compelling and it's way too broad. And it's it's actually part of the dilemma that higher ed's in is that we try and serve uh, everybody's needs. And the truth is that we, we need to find a way to simplify it. Well, I think that's, you know, it's more challenging for higher ed, I think, to, to reconceive of a mission uh, than it is for the public sector. And I think, you know, Google is one of those right. examples, I think, yeah. you know, that makes such a, a, a stark contrast to the mission statements we see. Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and and that's memorable. Mm-hmm. And it's something that they can get their people behind. Because at, at, at the heart of a great mission statement like that is that when you look at every department in Google, it, I'm not saying that, that I know they manage it this way, but you could ask your people to make sure that the work you're doing better contribute to that mission because if you're doing something that's not, you're focusing on the wrong things. So fundamentally, a mission statement needs to, in a sense, create a boundary for who it is that we that we are versus who we want to be. Who we want to be is a vision statement, what we aspire to. Uh, the role, the role we want to fill in tomorrow's marketplace. That's, that's right. And, and, and a vision statement is not necessarily something that has to even be quantified. You know, there's a lot of talk out there is because you, you, know, you read a mission statement and if you change the word mission to vision, you could say that could be their vision statement. And the truth is it's, it's not black or white. I don't think you can ever write a mission statement that you would say that could never be a vision statement. You could tweak any mission statement and have it sound visionary, and you could tweak any vision statement and have it sound like a mission. The point here is that it's very specific to the institution, and for most institutions, a mission and vision statement is to help guide the people who are doing the work, right? Yes, one of the important things for a good mission is that if you're a nonprofit, if you're an institution that that uh, exists on fundraising, being clear about where you're going and be able to tell that story is an important thing to us in, inspire people uh, to be willing to give. But fundamentally, people do not decide to show up at your institution because they read a great mission statement. People don't buy from Google or don't use Google because they love their mission statement. The mission statement is a guidepost for internal people. Although I, I would wager that more people know and and remember Google's mission statement, uh, more people as part of the general public know Google's mission statement than they do, say, the New York Public Library mission statement, which is a full page long with multiple bullets and points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I got to tell you, though, I, I have never been motivated to go, let me see what I mean, if I was having a conversation like we are now, I'd be interested to see what Google's mission statement is. But ultimately, I know what I use Google for, Yes, right? 
So I think most people would probably have never read Google's mission statement. Well, you, me, on the other let me hand, ask you this. You read it because you are the man. <laughs> let me ask you this. Yes. Why do you use Google? Why do I use Google? Uh, I use Google because, uh, well, besides the fact it has become a habit that I have uh, repeatedly found a successful outcome, I continue using it. But why? I have dis- why well, Not because- just like why? So why did you use it? The oh, first okay. Time? Right. Well, because it, because I well at the first time I was exploring is it going to get me in the most efficient way an answer to a question I have? Right. Right. So I'm did feeling they, lucky. Did yeah. they organize the world's inf- information in a way that was accessible to you? Absolutely. And you know what? They have a very simple charge. Yeah. Right. If it, you know, you take that. A library has a much more complex charge, right? I mean, and, and when I say much more complex, it has to serve different needs. And and I think the difference between a library and Google is a library, like a independent school that's been around for a hundred years, like a hired institution, is they are struggling with that identity of what traditions do we want to retain. And what traditions are we willing to give up? So part of the dialogue for libraries these days is, should we be thinking about ourselves as a meeting place, not a place to go get a book? You know, think about, in, in some ways, Starbucks. I get so much done at Starbucks. And I have my computer and my Wi-Fi access, and I have access to the world's libraries. Well, why go to a library then? And I think this is the this is the dilemma uh, that libraries are facing today: is what what traditions do they want to retain? Uh, what is the book? What is the meaning of the book? You know, besides looking at the shelf and be able to pull them off the shelf and say, you know, look at this archive, beautiful. There are people that love that, and and the work I'll be doing uh, with the, with the New Hampton Library leadership is to think through this so that they can have consensus around where they want to go, who they are, and then write some sort of goals that can guide them over the next three years. Because fundamentally, your vision and your mission are the foundational writing for a strategic plan. So uh, let's let's drill down just a little bit more into what comes after mission and vision. We we I think we've come to some agreement that the mission is is you know who you are today and the role you serve in your community. And and I was a little bit snide when I talked about you know compare the New York Public Library to Google's mission. The New York Public Library's mission is actually quite nice, and I think it I think alludes to what you're talking about. The mission of the NYPL is to inspire lifelong learning, advance knowledge, and strengthen our communities. Uh, yeah, I love it. You know, and I love about it, and you and I have talked about this a lot. What they did is what every great communicator does is the person who helped write that or the group, they said, you know what? What are the three things? Yeah. And the and, and, and they work, right? They framed it in a way it feels holistic, it's memorable, and it 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 has this quality of retaining some tradition. But also looking forward, right, right. In terms of our role of what what's to come. Now, the vision statement, I think, is, and we talk about universities and libraries. I think this is a, a, a super important point, right? What is the what is the importance of the role of a vision statement 
in the context of what are we going to be in the future? What is the role we want to serve? One of the things that you you say often in your work is, you know, what is our future vision of success as if it had already happened? Yeah. Uh, do, doesn't that elude to vision? Isn't that what we're talking about? It is. It is. Uh, it That kind of um, creative exercise of saying, imagine you're successful. Imagine, imagine that you've got the kind of success where people are saying, you are a model for every library, every town library in the country. Can, you know, how did you get there? What does it look like? Describe what it looks like. And what that does is it takes away all the constraints, which in one breath makes it easier, and in another breath makes it so much harder. Because if I got no constraints, and I'm, and, I, and I'm asked, all right, what is success? Uh, I almost have too much room. It's like, well, what's the boundary? So we don't, and part of the exercise, if you comment on this, what does it take to actually climb out of your head, to actually climb out of the constraints which have, in the case of the public library, perhaps hundreds of years of history and and boundaries? And this, by the way, this is where it gets tough because this has to work for not one person, but it has to work for the body of leadership that's in a position to guide. And if it, if the leadership in this case is the board, and in many cases it is, you'll have 10 to 20 people who have a whole range of perspectives about what tradition means. So part of the challenge in this and part of the work that we'll be doing together is deconstructing tradition and getting people to talk about tradition and then say, all right, what are the commonalities that we can agree on about tradition? Because some people will want to retain more than others and will have a different view of what traditions a library should hold on to and what traditions the library should let go of. So the the hardest part of doing this well is getting a group to come to consensus, which over the years and years and years of work I've been doing this, my definition of consensus is that everybody is slightly unhappy. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. All right. It can it cannot be that anybody gets their way. That one or two people get their way and everybody it has to be that everybody had to give up something which also and, implies everybody won something and it absolutely means a reply but everybody thinks that they have to get all of their all of their um, desires uh, and then they'll be happy but the truth is consensus is built off of a group recognizing that everybody lost a little bit but in the process of losing a little bit, we all gained something together, and that is very hard to do. So, so you let's come back to your 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 question about um, a strategic plan. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so, what so, comes after the mission and values? How do these tie in? That then it's simply taking the mission and say, all right, let's step into. And, and I love this idea. Recently, I did a strategic plan with the group, and the, there was an idea of thematic goals versus the actual goals themselves. One of the themes 
that represent the major areas we want to go. Um, you know, a theme might be uh, you had it in front of you a second ago, right? A theme or an area we want to go uh, for a library. You know, just pick sure, one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. This was. Do you want me to share the yeah, one that just, I, just I covered one. here? Yeah. You know, this is this is from the uh, University of Chicago Library, and so you know, obviously, this library is kind of at the crossroads between university and library, not quite public Correct. library. Uh, as this, this is the library vision. As the center of intense intellectual inquiry, the University of Chicago Library shares with the university the aspiration to be the most dynamic learning environment in the world. In this desired future, the library ensures that its collections remain forward-looking, diverse in breadth and form, open to browsing, and of world-renowned quality. Right. So words like forward-looking, forward-looking. Forward what would be a, 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 a theme? That, that in itself could be a theme. You see, what you, uh, yeah. what you would do is you could say, all right, we're going to write goals that demonstrate that we are forward-looking. So what you do is you can take from either your vision statement or if you were to read the mission statement, but we're not going to do that now, and you would say, let's let's figure out what are the three big buckets that we'd want to write goals within and forward-thinking or innovative, right? You know, and we and want to... Go ahead. Well, I, I just want to make a point to to your point as well that you have to look at the language. You know, the vision goes on through promotion. The library makes people aware of resources availability to them through innovation. It makes access to these resources easier. It's all in the present tense. All la uh, you know, linking off of this in this desired future. You know, here we are, and we are speaking as if the future is already yeah. achieved. The, and I think what we all have to recognize is. The exercise of doing this is more important than the result. Talk more about that. What you're reading there, what you're reading, what it took to write that and get people around that and then write goals that drove how departments work is more important than the fact that this thing is sitting on a web page. Because I listened to you read that, and I've listened to lots of vision statements and mission statements, and it does not take long before it's like, okay, let's, let's move on. That's the kind of thing at some point, someone's going to hopefully pick their head up and go, does this still reflect who we are? But as I, when we talk about them as if they're, they're guiding people every single moment, they're not. They guide people, mission, vision, goal. Well, not the goals. Goals are ones that come out of your mission and vision. But once you've got them, uh, I can tell you what most institutions use mission and vision for is they know that people that join them, it gives them a framework of this is what we're this is what we expect of each other. This is, this is who we are. So if you join this community to be part of this, to help us serve this mission, to help us serve this vision, this is what you're buying into. The customer, for the most part, in most public institutions, most customers do not listen to or read 
or even are interested in what is the vision of this place. Well, back you to know? you and the Google example. Right. right. I just use it. I right. go there. I, I but get you use other it means. And they have lived up to their mission that's by right. your own definition of why you use it. That's I think right. That's an interesting conversation. I want to get to, uh, just as we kind of get close to wrapping up here, my question for you is this. You said... Uh, at some point, you're, you know, somebody's going to pick their head up and say, does this still represent who we are? And my question then is one of organizational utility of the mission and vision statement. Yeah. If you are using the mission and vision right, should you ever get to the point of having to do this wholesale revision of your mission and vision? Well, your point is it, it should be a living document, but they're not. What they become is uh, something that we post, and they become sort of an archive, and then we get to work, right? And then the goals drive how we work, and at some point we have to look back and in the in in the evolving of nature of the goals and the external factors that that are impinging upon us, we have to look at our mission and say, all right. Does our mission still reflect who we are? You know, I'm going to be doing a strategic planning process with a, with a group, and every three years they do this. They have a, they have, they meet for a retreat, and they say we're going to look at our mission. Right? That's another way of doing it. Others other places go. You know what? I think our mission is stale. New leader comes in and says, you know what? When's the last time we looked at this thing? Let's do that now. So. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. I love your idea of if you're doing it right, the mission, in a sense, would always be looked at, right? That it would, and that, and if there's any changes to it, you would make those changes in real time. But that's not how it works well, in the not, real world. Not even, not, well, I, you know, lest we assume that I live under a rock, uh, I, I do want to say that there are best-in-class institutions that do publicize and promote internally their mission and vision yeah. in a way that keeps it visible to people so that every three years it's not a surprise. Oh, my gosh, how did that ever get into our mission statement? I agree. There is a best-in-class way to do this yes. and and not have it be uh, fall into a dusty binder. And I, I think that's the aspirational part of what we're doing here. And I would say in 10%, I agree with you. Best pr that that is the best way to do it. And I would say ninety percent of the places where I work, it is dusting it off the shelf. Yeah. To then use it as a mechanism to say what's next. I don't think that's wrong. Uh, I don't think that's worse than the other. I, it would be wonderful if we had more institutions that did mission statements and 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 in a sense put them front and center. But I think just the very nature of how much there is to do to just keep the trains running in complex organizations, these things by their very nature have to take a back seat. It just, just seems to be how it works. And then some a leader steps forward and says, let's now look at this, right? So, you know, whether it's for the institution, for a division, for a department. Uh, so it's a great process. I'm and I'm really looking forward to doing this uh, with with New Hampton Library, and it, and this is also relevant to any institution that is or department even that's saying, you know what, we got to step back and 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 breathe a little, little life into who we are, because that's fundamentally what this is about. It's about breathing life into 
the work so that the work is not just drudgery and getting through a day, which work can often fall into. It's the why. This is fundamentally why we come to work. Here's our vision, and here's what our mission is. It can be very exciting when you recreate it. Surely. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's not only why we come to work, but why other new people want to align with us to join our community and to work yes. with us and to give of their mind right. and heart uh, every day to come to work. So. And that's, an, that's the aspiration, is that when you do this well, it, it inspires others to say they want to be part of that community, mm-hmm. right? And, and I can tell you, because the last thing I'll say here is that, you know, I'll put a mission statement in front of a group on a big screen their current mission statement, and we'll start to take it apart. And, you know, a great example for me in the Jesuit institutions I've worked with is that we spent an hour and a half talking about where the word Catholic goes in the mission statement. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Think about the the power of that word and, and, you know, is it Jesuit and Catholic? Is it Catholic and Jesuit? Does some people are like, let's can we take Catholic out? Half the group are like, no, we can't do that. So there, there's great power in the language we use. And when they finally came to terms with what they agreed with, the group was inspired that it, it was theirs, that they created this this new version to take forward. Because ultimately, Pete, this is about people taking it forward themselves. Because leadership is always changing. So the reason mission statements have to be updated or should be updated is because it's a new body to take it forward. And that mission statement that was on the wall, you did not create. The previous generation of leaders created. And and that's why it can be so exciting and and can be so inspiring uh, for groups because it allows them to take their view of where they want to go forward. I like it. Uh, so you are doing this uh, this uh, for the public library, but I think we can't underscore enough just how important this discussion is, uh, particularly for you know higher ed institutions and institutions. You brought up this word complexity, institutions that live in a world of high complexity, uh, all the more important to to work through this process of alignment. Yeah, and I just came from you know you talk about higher ed. I just came from uh, giving a, a workshop for independent or the K through twelve world of of schools that have that flexibility as private institutions. This is as relevant for them, their leadership to figure out how they want to move their institution forward. They're dealing with the same kind of challenges, um, and 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 the same kind of pressures. That the big pressure being, you know. How do you justify that price for parents, right. given that the alternatives are becoming almost like 90% as effective? You better have a good differentiating uh, value proposition and a clear mission for your for your customers. Oh, big, big questions, big questions. Uh, folks, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for, for hanging out and listening to uh, the goodly, kindly Howard Teibel and myself, Pete Wright. If you are new to the show, you're listening on the web, you can jump in and uh, find us on iTunes. Just search for Navigating Change. We pop right up. And you can subscribe to the show free right there and never miss a single episode. Uh, other than that, uh, this has been great. Howard, do we have anything else for the people? 
No, I just, we, you know, we're going to keep doing these, Pete, because uh, I just enjoy doing this with you. Hey, likewise. This is great fun. Highlight of my week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. On behalf of Howard Teibel, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Teibel Inc.